On today's episode of Insurance Foundations, we're going to be discussing words that have no specific meaning and how using words that have no specific meaning means that we can't tell if we're on the right track to achieving our goals. So how can we restate these words? How can we give them specific meaning and be able to determine how we can really achieve a future that's actually possible for us? Stick around. We're going to talk about this in depth today on Insurance Foundations. Welcome back to today's show. Again, I'm John Troms. This is Insurance Foundations. I am kind of excited about this show because I've discovered it in a lot of my research and, and just talking to people about their future. There's been kind of a lack of specificity. That's a great word, specificity. I love it myself. Um, but the words that we use in our daily life, talking about our future, words like retirement, being okay, building wealth, having assets, building a legacy, and even a, a simple word like savings. These words have no really specific meaning that we ascribe to them. And so what I found is that it's really difficult to determine if you're on the right track if you're actually achieving the milestones that you need to to get to that future that you're planning on, on achieving. So I wanted to delve a little bit into some of these words and how we can begin to give them specific meaning so that we can determine once and for all if there's a better way we can do things or if we've already done what's necessary to really achieve that future that we really want. So let's just delve right into the, the first one I deal with all the time, retirement. One of the things I specialize in is helping people plan for their retirement, utilizing their 401ks to the max, uh, looking at options that insurance companies offer for different ways to diversify income in retirement, and planning for that and planning out your taxes, those kinds of things. So we have to deal with this word, retirement. What does it actually mean? When we're working, we're working every day building up our 401ks, our retirement funds, our IRAs, whatever we've got going on, looking forward that future. We're looking towards that, that word. But I think for so many of us, that word doesn't really have a specific meaning. It could bring up meanings like age 65 or age 67 or 62. If you're really lucky, 59. Uh, it can bring up things like getting an RV, traveling around, going and seeing the grandkids, taking tours of Europe. Whatever it means to you, it's generically what I found a concept that's not really practically tied to specific things. And so I believe that we lose sight of what we're actually working towards or even for. Why are we doing this? Why are we showing up every day? Why are we putting money away? How much money do we need? what tax bracket are going to be in? How do we know exactly how to plan for a future if we don't know exactly what that future is? And this is a difficult question because no one can predict the future. But I think that if we can actually think in our minds what we would like that future to look like, it gives us a specific goal. So in thinking about the word retirement, I started to ask myself, at age 60, what do I want to be able to do? What do I think I'll be able to do physically? 
What will my health be like? What will I be able to do financially? Will I need tools? One of the things I love to do is woodworking. And so just thinking about that, if I'm 60 years old, what kind of woodworking can I do? What do I need? If I, my goal in woodworking is to build tables, then I will need a shop. I will need the ability to lift up large slabs of lumber. At age 60, I don't feel like I want to be able to just hoist up large pieces of lumber myself because, frankly, I haven't been very kind to my body and I'm going to need some help. So that means I need tools. Well, all of these little things come with specific dollar amounts. And now I can start to say at age 60, I want to have this much money to be able to buy those things so I can do this lifestyle. I'm probably going to still be working. So I won't need to focus all of my time on that. So I don't need that much money specifically for that. Now, when I get to actually 65, I would like to be fully retired at 65. So now if woodworking is the primary thing that I'm doing, and this is just an example for me from my own life, but you can have your own examples of what you're doing. But at 65, if I'm not working full time, now I'm spending all of my time doing woodworking well, that means there's a lot more options that I want to be able to do with woodworking. So that means I need more tools, I need more wood, I need more access to things. And so that dollar amount changes what I need. Now, in thinking where I'm at at age 40, how do I start making those steps to make sure that I have enough money to do something specifically at age 65? This takes it from this generic word of retirement when I retire, what I hope to do when I retire, this freedom that comes, now it builds it to this very, very specific concrete number that I can actually plug into what I'm doing today and see if I'm doing the right things or if I need to start looking at maybe finding other ways to make sure that that happens. So this is the kind of the, the core of what I want to get to today is looking at these specific words for your life, picturing something very tangible, like how old you are, not just a generic word out there. So let's talk about another word, wealth. I love helping people try to grow wealth. That's one of the things you can do using insurance tools. It's a, a tool that you can plug into what you're doing already and actually, you know, increase your profitability in whatever it is you're doing. So that helps build wealth. But what is this word? What is wealth? What does wealth look like? So for most people, and I was reading a really great book about this. Uh, the book was called uh, Retire at, or Quit Like a Millionaire was the name of the book. And it's a brilliant book. I look ask you to, if you're going to try reading a couple of books, that's one of the ones I would recommend. Quit Like a Millionaire. And the author goes in to talk about when she was thinking about retirement, what that actually meant to her. And for her, it meant traveling the world. And so wealth to her meant having enough money so that they could passively grow income to equal what she needed to travel around the world. Wealth, the idea of wealth can look different to everybody, depending on your own situation and what life looks like. Because let's face it, you need money to be able to do anything in life. And so wealth, for me personally, is having enough money to be able to actually do the things I want to do without worrying about it. 
That's what the word means to me. Specifically, what does that mean for your life? If that's the same definition that you have, that wealth means the ability to not worry about money and what you're doing, then what does that mean for your specific life? What is it that you're interested in? What is it that you want to do? So when will you know if you are wealthy or not? To pursue something that we can't define is to always be left worrying and trying to grab more, even if we might not need to. It also means we might grab onto the things that are not beneficial for us, that don't actually help us get to where we want to go. And we'll do this because we haven't defined what it is we're actually pursuing. If you're pursuing wealth, how will you know when you got it? To me, one of the best things you can do for words like wealth and retirement is to start being a little bit specific. Sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and actually write down the things that are meaningful to you in life. What is it that you want to be able to do? What is it that brings you actual joy? When you get to go to a restaurant, try a new food, um, I don't know, go secondhand shopping and find that one treasure that was hidden in the shelves. Be able to find and pick up a new book. Meet with friends. Try a new cocktail. What is it that means happiness and joy to you? And then what is the dollar amount that's connected to that? What is it that you're actually working towards? So much of our lives are spent just waking up and doing the routine, doing the job that we have, showing up, trying to do a good job, and trying to just get by that day. But I feel like most of it is purposeless. We don't get up and do these things for a very specific reason. And that leads to so many people being unhappy in their jobs, unhappy in their lives, and, you know, frankly, just not really understanding why they're doing the same things again and again. So get a piece of paper, sit down, and actually start writing down what it is that makes you joyful. In the next segment, we're going to get deeper into this, so stay tuned. And uh, after this break, we'll talk more about how to add meaning to life. Welcome back to Insurance Foundation's radio show. My name is John Troms, and today we're talking about words that have no real specific meaning in our life and how that can negatively affect what we're working towards. So in the last segment, we talked a little bit about retirement, the word retirement, and the word wealth. And that might be, you know, kind of redundant, but looking at these words that we normally just throw out there, I'm, I'm, I'm building wealth, or I'm working towards retirement. But what are those goals specifically? What does it mean to be retired? What age are you when you retire? How old are you? What are you going to be able to physically do? What are you going to be able to financially do? What is it that you want? And for wealth, why are you accruing something? Usually there's a purpose to it. If it's a better life to be able to travel, to do stuff, what is that, what is that specifically for you? What is it that you want out of life that brings you joy? Not just showing up to work or showing up and doing things or taking advantage of the latest, greatest investment opportunity so that you can accrue more things. History has shown that accruing money does not 
really make you happy. Psychological research has shown that, generically speaking, the happiest people make around forty dollars to $50,000 a year. So why is it that wealth itself or retirement itself doesn't bring happiness to a lot of people? I think one of the biggest reasons is that they don't know exactly why they're getting it or why they got there. Once you have it, what's the point? But if you're working to grow wealth and to plan for a future that's very specific, that brings you joy and happiness, that's something you can, you can be excited about and you can know when you've achieved it. So in the last segment, I, I mentioned taking a piece of paper and a pen and writing down what it is that brings you joy, specifically for the word wealth. If you want to find out how or why you would be wealthy, then to me, finding out what it is that brings you joy and the freedom and the ability to do that, to me, that's what the word wealth means. It might mean something different to you, but I encourage you to grab a piece of paper and write that down. And the other thing is about the word retirement, write down specific ages. When you're 65, what do you want to be able to do? What do you think your physical health is going to be? And what do you want to be able to do? When you're 70, what do you think your physical health is going to be like? What do you want to be able to do? When you're 80, when you're 90, let's say you live to be 100 years old. What do you think you're going to be able to do physically? And what do you want to be able to do with that projection? And that should be able to give you a more specific dollar amount, a more specific thing to work toward in your retirement savings. You know, more is always good. That's, we know that. But when is enough? And what specifically are you working towards? So that was the last segment. This segment, I want to talk about just a simple word that we throw around, which is savings. Now, this seems like a word that everybody understands, savings. So money that you have in the bank, money that you have accessible, uh, cash that you have on hand, your savings. But one of the things that I've found talking to people and looking at different research is that the word savings has this concept of what do I keep? What do I have available for that rainy day? What it leads to, if you're not very specific with it, is kind of a hoarding mentality. And that makes, that makes us have this need, this built-in need to our psychology to just keep, to keep more, to just hold on to it and never let it go. So savings, whereas it's a great idea, can actually lead to freezing and fear and the inability to see opportunity when they come, when it comes. So what is this word savings? If you look at modern portfolio theory, which talks about having, you know, six months of your income liquid in a savings account, CD, something that you can liquidate very easily with no penalties and have available. That's a really great rule of thumb. If you're able to, to accrue six months worth of bills or income and put it away into something that's really the most that any investor, any investment theory really says that you need to have on hand. Once you've achieved that, you don't really need to have any more. And keeping that money tied up in something that has almost no return and 
can't really get you anymore is not doing you any favors. It's not doing your future any favors. So again, grabbing that piece of paper, write down the word savings. If you go with modern portfolio theory, if you go with some of the, the normal concepts that people out there in the investment world really recommend, write down what your bills are for six months. That's the dollar amount that you probably should be working toward to have in savings. Once you achieve that, then anything above that that you can put away really should be used to work towards your goals. And if you go back to your goals of retirement and wealth, what are those goals that you're working towards? And how can you achieve those? What tools are out there? What financial tools are out there that will allow you to better achieve those goals of how you're going to live and how you're going to use your resources? There are a lot of different options out there. And, you know, your own personal situation is going to be different than everybody else's. So don't just go with any generic information you find Googling how to retire, or how to build wealth or investment opportunities. I know some really great people that, uh, you know, are into real estate. And just in real estate alone, there are probably hundreds of different ways that you can get involved in re real estate that fit different personality types, different risk assessments, and different levels of actual activity by you. So there's passive investors that buy notes. There are active investors that buy homes and re refurbish them and then flip them and sell them. Um, there's, like I said, probably quite a few other options that are available, and that's just in real estate. In investment opportunities, there are company startups, there's penny stocks, there's you know investing in companies before they're offered as stock options. Um, there are index funds that you can get involved in. I know a guy who, or I've heard a story about a guy who buys season tickets to his favorite sports team and he sells those season tickets or, or allows people to purchase that, those seats during the year. And that's part of how he funds his retirement. But there are a lot of things that you can do out there other than just hold on to the money. And that's where using a word that uh, is difficult for a lot of people to get behind, which is math. I was not a math guy. I will tell you that honestly. I was not a math guy. Before I started getting into financial stuff in insurance products. So now that I've gotten involved in this world of finances, math has become the biggest friend that I have. And I would encourage you to look at that sheet of paper, look at that number that you've got, and look at what you have elsewhere, where else you have money, and start doing the actual math on what its return is, on what it's getting you. If you look at your goals of where you want to be, and if it seems like where you've got your investments right now are not going to get you to those goals by that age that you want, that specific age that you wrote down, then looking at other options that would have a better potential return might be something you really want to look into. Now, I, I do want to caution anybody getting into doing other investments. There is a downside. A lot of the more potential gains that an investment has, the more chance it is that you could lose it. There are things that you can do to limit that loss. One of those is using life insurance as, a, well, if you go back to one of the earlier episodes I had on your personal bank and how you can use life insurance to actually fund other or use it in conjunction with other investments. That can be one way of limiting risk to some extent. So that's something you can look into. Again, if 
if you were talking with me about your retirement and we were looking at what options were out there, we would have uh, some frank discussions about it. I'm not a broker. I'm not an investment guy. I deal with insurance products. And so I'm going to tell you right off the bat that there are some risks involved. There are some other things for these other options. And we try to encourage you to, to find somebody that you can have really good discussions with about this. But working towards using your savings to build toward you know, that foundation that you have of being okay, and then knowing that now that that's okay, you can use the rest of your money to help grow your assets and your life toward that specific age and toward what you want to be able to do when you're older. That's the key thing with being able to write this stuff down and being able to actually see it on paper, tangibly put it in front of yourself and just work toward a specific goal and know that on the way you're okay and that you're doing the right steps and you really are achieving these milestones so that you can really firmly grasp that future that normally we just leave to this random word of retirement or wealth building or anything like that to know specifically that you're going to get there or do everything in your power to get there. Stay tuned for the next segment. We're going to be talking more in depth about a couple of words that I've found that really kind of are confusing for people and mean that we aren't able to really help achieve that goal in what we're thinking about. So stay tuned and we'll take a little break. Welcome back to Insurance Foundations. Today's episode, we've been focusing on words that really don't have specific meanings in our life and how that has negatively affected our ability to know if we're okay and how we can better achieve our goals. So in the first segment, we talked about retirement and wealth. And the last segment, we talked a little bit more about savings and what that can mean and when to know if you're okay or not and how much you saved when to start looking at other investment opportunities that can help get you a better return on your finances. In this section, I wanted to talk a little bit more about some words that I've found that I've run across that have really kind of been confusing because they're, they're more technical terms that are used in the retirement industry and they're, they're not really, they don't have specific meaning to normal people's lives. So I'm just going to list off the words that I've found right now, which is Asset, legacy, and beneficiary. So on the outset, these seem like relatively simple words if you're in the industry. You know, I use the word beneficiary constantly in every every application and every, you know, insurance product that we work with with people. Uh, the beneficiary, might as well start with that one. Beneficiary, what does it mean? Well, a beneficiary is somebody that will take ownership of your assets, your money, if something happens to you. So if you die and okay, I'm just going to get right into it because this word deals with your death. It's not a comfortable topic. It's actually a very scary topic for most people. And a lot of insurance agents and a lot of people that help with retirement planning and wealth building kind of try avoid talk, avoiding talking about death. It is, however, something that needs to be considered. And without thinking about it properly, it can lead to 
just kind of a mess at the end of somebody's life. I can't tell you the number of horror stories that I've heard from other people in the industry about improperly setting up or not really thinking about beneficiaries much while people are living. And then when it comes to figuring out their estate after they've passed, it leads to a lot of confusion and trouble and difficulty for their heirs and for their the people that they care about. So looking at this word beneficiary, even though it is kind of a, a, a meaningless word, we just write down, oh, who would you want to get this in case something happened to you? Oh, my wife, my kids, uh, someone I care much about, or a charity that I've got in mind. You know, that's, that's great. But think about these people. Specifically, think about the people that you love, that you care about. Are you really thinking about their future? When you're looking at having these people in your lives that you really care about and you want to see their lives embedded in some way, think about how that could actually work, how they're going to get the money that you leave them. Is it going to be tax-free? Are they going to be able to invest that? Is it going to come with penalties? Are they going to have bills they're going to have to pay off with that? Is it going to happen right away? Is it going to have to go through probate? Are they going to be tied down in legal mire before they can actually get what you wanted them to have? And is that going to be enough? Is what's left of your estate or your life going to be enough for the future that you want for them? So spending some time thinking about the future that you want for the people you care about those that would be left behind if something were to happen to you. What kind of a life do you want them to have? Do you want to make sure that they all have houses that are paid off? Do you want to make sure that they have the opportunity to start a new business or invest in other things or travel the world for a year? Or in the case of one person that I heard about, um, their dad, when he, he died, he wanted his ashes scattered in about eight locations around the world instead of a funeral. And so the family was able to get together and every year they went on a vacation to the spot where he wanted his ashes cast and they were able to cast the ashes there as a group, as a family. And it was a way of bringing them together. Well, wouldn't it be great if you could not only have, you know, have that moment that you would ask your kids and your family to do after you've gone to remember you, but what if you could leave them enough money through life insurance or something like that to be able to make sure that they had the ability to afford it well and it wasn't a burden it wasn't a challenge so that's that's my thing behind the word beneficiary i know it's a simple word and it's one we filled we've all filled out forms you know who would take ownership of the account who's the beneficiary in the account and we do this without really thinking about what kind of a life we really want for these people what does it mean for this person that you care so much about to get control of those assets of that that money to be able to get and receive this gift what is that going to mean for their lives one big thing a lot of us don't think about is the taxes involved and that's something you really should see a professional about to determine what kind of a tax consequence your beneficiaries are going to have when some when they you know are take ownership of these things because the government has their their dues that must be paid. So making sure you think about who's getting the money, how they're getting the money, and what are they going to run into when they do try to get that money. 
Those are all things that, that really come into play when thinking about who is your beneficiary. One of the other words that you know, I talked about was assets, and it's something that slips out of my tongue every once in a while I'm talking because it is such a familiar term in uh, retirement planning and future planning and wealth building. But an asset, what is an asset really? Well, my, my personal view, and this is not out of Webster's Dictionary, this is just me, this is my personal feelings about it. But when I say the word asset, what I'm talking about is something that has value that I have the ability to do something with. So to me, an asset would be like a home. A house, a house has value. It has a dollar amount that's attached to it. And I can use that, that house or that dollar amount. It gives me options. I can either live in it, I can rent it out, I can use it for storage, I can have a business out of it, um, you know, or I can take out the equity from it and I can reinvest that. I can use it as collateral for another business opportunity. It gives me options. So in my world, building assets and collecting assets as part of wealth building is all it really means for me is that I will have a group of things that have a dollar amount or a use value that will allow me opportunities that I really want, that bring me joy, that, that, that work toward my future that I'm trying to build. So what are your assets? Again, looking at that piece of paper you've got in front of you, write down what are your assets. If you don't have any assets yet, or if you don't only have like one or two assets of things that have a dollar amount that are something you can use, then what kind of assets would you like to have in the future? You know, it's impossible to know how to get somewhere if you don't know where you're going in the first place. You can fill a backpack full of everything that you need and say, I'm going on a trip and leave the front door and you could go walk for three days. And if you walked always turning left, you would be entirely at your front door after three days of traveling. You've gone on a trip, you've walked a long ways, and yet you've gone nowhere because you didn't have a specific destination in mind. Now, if you say, I want to go to the top of Mount Everest, and I live in where I live, Seattle, there's a lot that has to happen in between there. And I don't have all of the things I need right now to get to Mount Everest. But if my goal is Mount Everest, I can start acquiring the things along the way that I need to get there to successfully complete my journey. So that's why looking at assets, don't just look at what you don't have. Look at what you do have and then look at what you want. Look at what's coming next. Look at what you're working towards next. And that will give you a better vision of how to get there what you need to do in the meantime. And then, since we're talking financial things, find people that you can work with. You know, one of the things I love doing with clients when they're specifically talking about retirement is ask them specifically, what do they want to do? Do they want to fish? Do they want to stay at home? What are they worried about? Are they worried about not being able to take care of themselves? Are they worried about dying too early? Are they worried about dying too young? Whatever that is, whatever these things are, I try to get them to specifically focus on what it is that they want to accomplish. What are we aiming towards? Because even in something simple like the financial tools I deal with, there are a lot of options. And in the next segment, we're going to get into looking at some of those different options and how to find professionals, how to talk with professionals 
so that they get on the same page with you in accomplishing those things. So stick around to the next section. Welcome back to Insurance Foundation's radio show. I'm John Troms. Today we're talking about words that have no specific meaning and how to give them meaning so that we can better guide where we're going in life and how to know if we're okay right now to achieve those things that we really, really want. So in the last segment, we talked a little bit about assets and about having really a focus of where you're going and then plugging in in the interim how to get there. So if the goal is to have enough wealth to retire well, and that's a lot of people's goals. We want to look forward to this time where we can retire well. And so we need a certain amount of wealth to get there. One of the ways of building wealth is to acquire assets and assets in, you know, from my own definition that I gave earlier are things that have a monetary value or a use value. So a house, vehicles, um, you know, retirement accounts, investment portfolios, different things like that. Rental properties would be another asset. Uh, you know, whatever it is for you, whatever it is that you're passionate about that you know about that has a monetary value that you can use for other things that aids you toward that end goal of how you want to live in the future at a specific age. And one of the things I mentioned just before we had to take a break was finding professionals that really can talk with you about this, that you can talk with them and dialogue back and forth so that they're on the same page for where you want to go specifically. And this is extremely important because even in something like life insurance, okay, well, let's just take life insurance. That's something I'm really familiar with. It's what I deal with uh, along with annuities and how to use those to better help people in their retirement strategies. So in something simple like life insurance, and I, I say it's simple just because most people believe it's simple. As an insurance agent, I'm going to tell you, they can be very, very complex. There's a lot of moving parts that you can move around. And even within the same company or the same policy, the same product, everything's the same. I can change those and tailor those to meet out specific goals for someone's future. There are hundreds of insurance companies in America. There are thousands of insurance, life insurance products out there. Each one do different things better. One thing I, I do tend to say a lot is there's no such thing as a bad financial tool. There's just a, a poor application of said tools. I spent years working in construction when I was younger, and I know for a fact that tools can be used either well or poorly. And even if it's the most ridiculous tool that only has one function, it probably does that function better than anything else in the world. Now, if you try using it for something it wasn't designed for, it's going to be terrible, and you're going to be left very, very unhappy. So finding proper financial tools that work towards your goal is really the secret. It's kind of that unspoken secret to how to build a future that you really want, how to work toward that practically, how to achieve it well. So how do you have this discussion? Well, first of all, you've got to find a financial professional that's knowledgeable, someone who really understands how to use the tools that they're talking about. In my own industry, there are plenty of people out there that can help you, you know, 
make sure that your family is covered with death protection. So if something happens to you and you die, there's a lot of people out there that can help you get the right kind of coverage that would, with a good company that would protect your family in case something happens to you. Now, very few of those people really spend the time to delve into or, or meet the folks necessary to delve into how to use life insurance as a wealth building or investment product. And there's ways to do that. It's very specific, and not many life insurance agents know how to do that. I happen to have been blessed meeting a really good friend of mine now who has focused for years on using life insurance as an investment tool. And I've been able to work with him and get better at, at doing that for customers. But that just goes to show that just because somebody is an expert in one utilization of a tool, they might not understand how to use it in a different way. So have these conversations with the experts. Find out what they specialize in. Ask them what their focus is. If they're not focused in certain things that, you're, that you know to talk about, then find somebody who is. If it doesn't seem like they're really interested in achieving a specific goal that you have, or if they don't offer you suggestions that maybe they don't have the ability to help write for you, um, then maybe you should find somebody else, somebody else who's going to give you those that honest feedback and say, look, for where you're trying to go right now, this portion of your money probably should be invested in a different way or put in another product. And I can't really help you with that because that's not my specialty. That's not my area of expertise. Um, or that's not where I'm licensed to work. So here's another professional that I know that I can recommend that can help you with that specific goal. You know, to me, that's the sign of a good a good agent and someone who has your best interest at heart is someone who will talk with you and find out where it is you're working towards. Take a look at your whole financial strategy and lay out for you how what they offer could help with that and what some other options you might want to look into that could maybe help better are. That's very difficult for a lot of people. Uh, most agents uh, that are in the financial industry work on commission of some sort. And so that's, a, that's, a, that's very difficult. Most commissioned salespeople or most commissioned agents don't really want to say, go work with somebody else. Uh, so they try really hard to find things that they offer that work. But the, the fact of the matter is it doesn't always work well and it doesn't work the best for your situation. So do some research. Go find another professional. Most of, of the agents out there offer free consults and you can sit down with them pick their brain show them what you've got as far as your assets go where you have your money what your plans are and just listen to what they have as an option you are not under obligation to take these options when I meet with customers for the first time we sit down for a good long time and talk about where they're at and we talk about where they have their finances and how they're utilizing them to get where they're going I listen for the things that they're hopeful for and I listen for the things that they're afraid of and by afraid I don't mean that they're running around scared all the time but there are you know in life there are so many things that we don't understand and we don't know the questions to ask we don't know how to get these you know these answers out of people that we're really a, a kind of afraid to ask and a lot of it comes down to we don't know what to ask and so we're afraid to sound silly and we don't actually ask the hard questions. Is there something better? What is this actually going to cost? 
what is the rate of return, the real rate of return, is do you have a customer that I can talk to that has worked with you before, that you've done this strategy with? You know, these are things that you can ask. Find out a recommendation from someone that they've worked with that can explain to you how it worked out for them. It's not unreasonable. You are planning on putting your entire future at the recommendation of someone you just met. Find someone they've worked with before, get a testimonial, and you know, do your own research. So that's to me, that's the benefit of being able to sit down with a piece of paper like I talked about earlier and writing out specifically what do these words mean. So wealth, retirement. When do you have enough? When are you okay? What does it look like to you? One word that I didn't cover earlier that I wanted to touch on a little bit is the word legacy. And this word gets thrown around a lot in the investment and retirement world is building a legacy. I'm going to give you my definition to this because, again, it's not Webster's. But legacy to me is what are you leaving behind? At the end of your life, what is it that you are leaving to the next generation? What is it that you are leaving to the people that you loved most in your life? It's not just about assets. It's not just about building a, a future for them and protecting things. I do encourage everybody, uh, you know, look into building a trust and making sure that your monies are distributed how you like, how you wanted them to be and how you can, you know, pass on to the people that you care about exactly your wishes and how you wanted your money spent. That's always a good idea. It also protects you from tech, protects them from a lot of tax issues and a good attorney would be able to set that up for you. So really look into that if you haven't already. But in other in your own life, what is this legacy? What is this this thing that you are leaving behind you? What is the history of you going to be? It's in my world, it's not a morbid topic. It's not a sad topic. To me, it's exciting because if I'm looking out and writing down all of this stuff about what life means to me, then the people around me are going to be able to see that. It's going to come across in how I live my life. I'm going to be focused on building the things and experiencing the things that really bring joy to me. And I'm going to share that with the people around me. So for me... Legacy is not just about money. Money is how we exchange things in our time and, and how we are able to experience new opportunities in life. And so money is a part of that. And so building up your financial situation, protecting that through setting up a good trust, through life insurance, and working with things that you can guarantee on, that you can really bank on as being there in the future. Those are important, but also what else is important is being able to identify for yourself what it is that brings you the most fulfillment in life and being able to share that with the people that you care most about. This is, to me, the whole point of all of these discussions and, you know, all the discussions we're going to get into in the radio show about uh, specific things about assets and about wealth building and about retirement. Those things are all working towards this idea of legacy. What are you going to leave behind you? 
what kind of an impact, what kind of a joy, what kind of a hope, what kind of a name will you have at the end of your life to the people that you cared the most about during it? That's what I encourage you to do. Sit down with a piece of paper today or sometime this weekend and write out what does wealth mean to you? At retirement specifically, what are you going to be doing when you're 65, when you're 70, when you're 75, when you're 80? And when are you going to be okay? Think about the people that you love most around you, the people that are going to inherit what you leave behind. And not only thinking about how can you protect them financially, but in the meantime, what are you instilling in them? What are you showing them for joy in your own life? What are you telling them about what's important in life? What are you working towards? And what can you help encourage them to work towards in their own life? I hope you found today's episode encouraging. And if you have any questions or comments, reach out to me at insurancefoundations.com. Again, I'm available to help talk with you, meet with you, uh, a free consultation from what I do, my perspective, with the insurance industry. You can set that up at insurancefoundations.com. Shoot me an email. I'd love to talk with you. And hope you stay tuned for the next episode of Insurance Foundations, which will be coming to you soon. Have a great day, and we'll see you soon.